on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. That's a good win for the Brewers. They find a way to get the W, scoring two runs in the top of the ninth inning after Baltimore had scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth. The Brewers win 4-2. They take two of three in the series, and now they are set for the home opener, which is going to be coming up tomorrow late afternoon, early evening, whatever you consider 4-14. That's late afternoon, right? I'd go late afternoon. That's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow here on WTMJ. And it's going to be a TriCast we're going to have tomorrow's game, also on uh, 94.5 ESPN and 101.7 The Truth. More about tomorrow coming up in just a bit. Right now, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620 that's 855-616-1620 you can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air so this is the second day in a row where the Brewers have answered runs in a big moment and if you've been listening to me very long you know that's one of my big baseball beliefs when you give up the lead come back and score runs even if it doesn't mean you get the lead back answer runs and i think good baseball teams answer runs and yesterday that certainly happened when they gave up the grand slam in the bottom of the second and were down by two runs what happens they come back and they scored the two runs in the top of the third and eventually they were able to tack on in tonight's game they're up two nothing they take that two nothing lead to the bottom of the eighth inning then they give up the two runs and they come back with two runs of their own in the top of the ninth answering runs in the next half inning to me is a really really important thing we'll talk a bit about devin williams second straight day where he was not totally sharp yesterday he gets out of it today he doesn't how much does that have to do with him uh just not the number of pitches they threw yesterday and coming in on a back-to-back josh Hader on a back-to-back as well his velocity wasn't the same as yesterday but he was able to work his way through it Vinny rotino will join us we'll hear the post-game comments of manager craig council and much much more it's brewers extra innings we roll on after this here on wtmj Here's a high drive, deep center field, racing back is Mullins. At the warning track, he looks up, it's going to be off the top of the wall. Pira's around third, he's going to score easily. Telez is going to put the brakes on at second base with an RBI double. Brewers get the win in Baltimore. They take two of three after winning tonight by a 4-2 score. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can call or text 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, let's get to a couple of messages coming in. We'll start on Twitter, at Brew Crew Scott says, How does the bullpen set up for opening day? Suter, Cousins, Gott, or does Woody need to throw a complete game? Yeah, so the bullpen is not in great shape in terms of high-leverage relievers now that Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter have all pitched two days in a row. I would say 100% sure we are not going to see Devin Williams tomorrow, and 95% sure we would not see Boxberger or Hayter of those two. If I had to say one is more likely than the other, it would probably be Brad Boxberger. But quite honestly, you don't really want to be pitching guys on back-to-back days this early in the season, and you certainly don't want to be pitching uh, guys three games straight. So I think Cousins does kind of set up into that uh, final inning role, and 
Yeah, the the way the bullpen was handled today, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have used Devin Williams, I don't think, uh, tonight if I would if I was the one making those decisions. That's really easy to say. I get it. That's really easy to say after the game. I just thought it's it's this early in the season and he had a really stressful day yesterday. And the, the pitch count yesterday wasn't horrible. Just from a pitch count standpoint, it was 28. That's a little bit more than you would like, but it wasn't 35 or 40 or anything like that. But I just looked at the stress level of the pitches that he was forced to throw yesterday, and I was a little bit uncomfortable when I saw him coming in. When you got Corbin Burns through seven innings, I thought that gave you the opportunity to ask Brad Boxberger to cover the eighth inning and then give the ninth inning to Josh Hader. It didn't work out that way, and it kind of blew up back in their face as well because what happened there is you ended up using all three of those guys, and now there's some questions for tomorrow. Now, all that being said, you never try to win tomorrow's game today, right? Like You don't know if you're going to be in a position to win the next day, and that's going to be something that you just deal with it tomorrow. But I, I did not love Devin Williams pitching today just after the way things went down with him yesterday. Of course, there's also the school of thought that when you have a day like he did yesterday where he loads the bases, even though he gets out of it, you want to get him back out there uh, sooner than later. So that would be the that's kind of how I assess that situation. Doug texting in says... I think there's going to be a lot of these kind of games. Too close for comfort again. A lot of low-scoring games. Good for Hader, though. He could get 50 saves. Brewers have the best starter and best closer in baseball. How many teams can say that? You know, we've we've been doing this show for a while here, and we've barely mentioned the performance of Corbin Burns. Burns, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, he did not look overly sharp in his first appearance. Man, was he good tonight. Seven innings, gives up just three hits, eight strikeouts, and one walk. The cutter, it was working. That was a pitch that he certainly had some issues with uh, when he was uh, in, in his first start. It was a lot of fun to watch Corbin Burns pitch tonight. You're bummed for him because he doesn't get the W next to his name, but that... You, know, you were bummed for Brandon Woodruff a lot last year when he pitched well and did not get the W next to his name a lot. That's just the way kind of things uh, kind of end up working out. But that's a really good next step for Corbin Burns. We're in this period right now, early on in the season, coming off the shortened spring training, where you don't know how long it's going to take guys to kind of become themselves. Well, I think Corbin Burns was himself tonight. 97 pitches. Seven innings pitch, gives up just the three hits, the eight strikeouts, only one walk. He was really good. He was really, really good uh, in this game today, and that's good to see. And now the next question is, what kind of next step forward is Brandon Woodruff going to take? And I, I thought Freddie Peralta pitched pretty well his last time out, except for that first inning. So talking about Peralta taking another step forward, I don't know if that's totally fair because he pitched well outside of a first inning. And, and that's not... That's not anything new. That is something that has plagued him throughout much of his career. But a lot of reasons to be excited about what uh, Corbin Burns was able to do. Offensively, seven hits, that's okay. Um, I think you look at Rowdy Telez, goes two for four, couple doubles, two RBIs. He's swinging a really nice bat right now. He's hitting three thirteen. That was a question mark over at first base. I think a lot of Brewers fans were hopeful that the team was going to bring in somebody else who could play first base. And 
all along. It seemed like the team was pretty comfortable with Rowdy Telez. It's only a handful of games. We'll see what he's doing at the end of the month and further along. But, man, he, he can hit the ball hard. He can hit the ball really hard, and he certainly was able to uh, do that tonight. Brewers uh, come up uh, with the win. They win in Baltimore by a 4-2 score. That's a good win for the crew. They end up taking 2-3 of three in the series, and now they are getting set for the home opener coming up tomorrow. Uh, it's interesting because they really have not been at home much for over a month. They were they were in spring training, and then they came back to Milwaukee. They got a workout in at American Family Field. They spent you know basically three quarters of a day in Milwaukee, and then they had to get to Chicago for the season opening series against the Cubs. So when they land in Milwaukee tonight, that's going to be the first time in quite some time that they're going to be able to spend a full day and more uh, in their own beds and everything. So uh, that's uh, I'm sure everybody's going to be looking forward to that. Everything being said, the Brewers do what uh, I think they need to do. They they take two of three from the Orioles. Uh, they they get their record back to 500 at 3-3, three and three, and now they get set to welcome in the Cardinals. Good pitching matchup coming up tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff against Adam Wainwright. We'll talk more about that coming up in a moment. In our next segment, though, we will hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. We'll do that in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Burns has allowed just one base runner thus far. The 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Beautiful sinking fastball in under the hands at 97 miles an hour. That is three consecutive strikeouts recorded by Corbin Burns. Pick up the victory. They win in Baltimore 4-2 after losing the series opener. They win the final two. They get their record back to 500, and now they are getting set for the home opener coming up tomorrow late afternoon, early evening at American Family Field. Corbin Burns, again, really good. Seven innings, did not give up a run, just three hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago, and he uh, opened up talking about just how good Burns was. Yeah, I mean it was it was yeah, it was one start. I mean, um, you know, he, he but he pitched beautifully, um, and um, you know, I just thought he, he got into, got into a game a little bit and looked really comfortable. Um, kind of got everything going, and um, so it was it was it was fun to see and fun to watch him pitch tonight. On the flip side, with Kevin in the eighth, there, uh, his velo was down a little bit. Do you think that was more of a product of the back to back? Yeah, I, I think he, I think he got a little tired tonight. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll have to give him, you know, probably probably a couple of days off here, and then kind of knew that going in that, that that would be the case if we used him tonight. And but he he was probably a little tired at, by the end of the outing for sure. Yeah, no, I mean I think Box did a great job. He pounded the strike zone and got two outs, and, and um, you know, yeah, gave us a chance in the ninth there. What did Devin's velo look like in the spring? Was it where it was supposed to be? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's discouraging not to get him the win, but uh, it's nice to see the resilience of the team in the ninth come back and win. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we've, you know, we need to score a couple more runs. You know, we're making it pretty challenging on our pitching staff a little right now. So we'd, um, to get those runs in the ninth was 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 needed for sure, not for the, just for tonight, but um, you know, put together a nice rally against a, a good pitcher. So, um, you know, that was. Good to come out of here after a great starting um, performance by Corbin and, and still get a win. Kurt, we know you like Rowdy against righties on lefties. Um, just what, what makes him effective 
tough on lefties as a left-handed hitter? Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, Rowdy's biggest strength is he's just a very strong man, you know, and uh, and that that makes the whole ballpark kind of in play for home runs and driving the baseball, um, and then and, and that's what he showed tonight. We think of Rowdy's sprint speed. Yeah, I mean, you know, he probably should have been on third on the ball he hit, you know, the first yeah, ball he hit. Yeah. Um, so, but he got it done. Craig, yeah. was the uh, Baltimore's pitching staff doing anything in particular? I think you guys had like 14 outs by ground balls there in that uh, Are they heavy ground ball guys as a staff? No, I no. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No. Um, you know, means is means is definitely not. Um, that's not his mo. We were we per, were we had a lot of pull side ground balls though for sure. Hey, Renfro, me, Craig, you think you see more of that, which is sort of the easy arm strength kind of on the run? Yeah, it was it was very athletic play to just be accurate and that far that. Um, and, it, and it, you know, made that made that decision. Corbin was getting close on pitches as far as where we we're gonna where we we're gonna get him to. So that was a was a big play. How big is it just to wrap this up, get the win, and then be able to go home tomorrow for the home opener? I mean, you ended this on a good note. Yeah, we 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 played a good two games at the end here, and um, just thought we played a particularly nice game today. Um, pitched pitched well today, and then and then the team picked up Devin, which is which is always great. I'll tell you what, what really struck me just now from everything that was said, Todd Rosiak asked a question about the Baltimore pitchers and whether or not they were doing anything or whether they were ground ball pitchers. And Craig Council said, no, they're, they're not. They're not ground ball pitchers, but we were grounding in a lot on the pool side. That's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. At one point, they they had 14 straight Uh, They went down 14 straight times. Baltimore pitchers at one point retired 14 straight Brewers. And there were a ton of ground balls in this game, and the ground balls were not hit overly hard. So as we continue to kind of investigate, for lack of a better term, who this team is and kind of figure out what their hitting profile is going to be, and let's not forget... They completely changed out hitting coaches this year, so it's it's new eyes and new voices and, and a lot of new stuff going on there. Just keep that in the back of your mind moving forward uh, and see whether or not that is a trend that continues. It's a trend that you don't want to continue, but I thought that was uh, an interesting exchange between uh, Todd Rosiak and Craig Council just a little while ago. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we've got the news in two minutes, and then we're back with uh, Vinny Rotino after that. Brewers pick up the win over Baltimore 4-2. They take two of three in the series. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The right-hander comes set at the belt. Infield a double play down. The 0-1 pitch swung on line right field right at Renfro. Now he comes on in, makes the catch, throws back to first. In behind the runner and he doubles off Odor. The inning is over with that. A seed of a throw from right from Hunter Renfro. 
4-2. Brewers get the win in Baltimore. They take two of three in the well, when the we uh, in the uh, series. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Let's bring in former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst Vinny Rotino. And Vinny, let's start with Corbin Burns. My goodness, does he look like the guy that won the Cy Young Awards? Seven innings, just three hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. He throws 97 pitches in just his second start of the year after a short spring training that was pretty incredible all the way around yeah what uh what a a difference from the first start to this start my goodness he looked like a 2019 version of Corbin Burns against the Cubs you know not quite I suppose but then then he comes back and he was absolutely brilliant his cutter was on point 38 strikes out of 54 pitches with the cutter it was pretty much cutter curveball all night 12 strikes from the curveball out of 24 pitches, he got 20 swings and misses total tonight. He had three against the Cubs. So that was the big difference. It was command, and it was electric stuff. It's always special. I mean, any of those hitters could have just been sitting cutter, and they still weren't going to hit it. When you've got it working the way he did today, uh, that's a that's a special thing. And maybe we take it for granted when it comes to Burns because he's in that kind of zone so often. But uh, at least for this year, it's the first time we get to see it. Yeah, it's a really good point. I actually was thinking about that. Sometimes he's sh- so he's shaking his head after he misses his spot with a cutter and he blows a guy away, right? And he still gets a swing and miss like up in the zone. I saw Jorge Mateo do that. He he wanted to go down and away and he actually missed middle and up a little bit, but it's still that elite of a pitch that it's that hard to square up. It's moving. Look, it doesn't look like it's moving a ton on TV. When I guarantee you when you're at the plate, it's probably moving like a good foot. And it is so hard to square up at that velocity. And now, again, he is commanding it. It's just amazing what he's able to do with that pitch. You referred to this yesterday, and I think we learned this this past year, last year during the season, that he goes and when he's going through the film of every start, he breaks down every single pitch, like literally each pitch, and it doesn't matter what the result is, whether it's a good result or a bad result, he literally is analyzing each pitch and whether or not it did what he wanted it to do and, and went where he wanted to go. And uh, you, know, you just mentioned one of those where maybe he looks a little bit frustrated because he's going to say that pitch wasn't where he wanted, but at the same time it's just a, it, it does exactly what it needs to do. Yeah, he's focusing on the process, and that is such a good way to approach this game of baseball because, look, you can do everything right, and you're going to still give up a homer, right? So you, if, you, if you get focused too much on the results, then you're just going to be all wrapped around the axle. You're not going to be able to kind of center yourself in the moment when you need to make a pitch, and, and he, he's been able to do that. He's been so consistent. I love the fact that he's able to – to just focus on that process, evaluate whatever his mindset is for each pitch and what's get, what gets him locked in and what gets him to execute the pitch most effectively, that's what he evaluates himself on. And that's, that's really cool. I think that's a testament to Chris Hook. I think he's really helped these guys kind of really up and down focus on that. I know it's easy to say this after the fact, but I can tell you, when Devin Williams came into this game, I was mildly uncomfortable with it because of the number of high-stress pitches that he threw in yesterday's game. Not every pitch is created equal, and he had a he had a very stressful day yesterday, so I was a little concerned about what it was going to look like this early in the season on a back-to-back. If he had gone 1-2-3 yesterday, I'd, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Did you have any of those kind of same thoughts when you saw Williams coming in? 
Well, I didn't until he gave up that first hit to Mateo. The changeup was flat, and I thought to myself, okay, here we And then he went 2-0 on the next guy, so here we go again. And he, he does get into these modes every once in a while where he just tries to do a little bit too much. He yanks the changeup. He doesn't get through the changeup. His velo wasn't there either. So that could be just to what you said, to your point about not being fresh, going back to back for the first time with that short and spring training. He'll get there and he'll ramp up. Craig Council even said in the postgame he's probably going to get a couple of days off at least to kind of refresh. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's a guy that he'll learn and mature his way out of that. But right now he's still in that mode of, of really kind of getting out of that uh, mode where he's able to just execute pitches and he, he gets he gets caught up a little bit in the in the game and it speeds up on him. Yeah, it's fun to compare what he did tonight to what Josh Hader did tonight because Hader also was a tick or two down when it comes to velocity. He doesn't get strikeouts, but Hader has learned what he needs to do when he doesn't have the velocity. And and look, there were some hard-hit balls against him, too, that happened to be hit right to where guys were. But to me, it is kind of fun to look and say, okay, Williams, that's maybe still something he needs to learn. When he doesn't have everything working, how do you get through it? Where I think that's something that over the years, Hader has really been able to master. He has mastered it, and my goodness, yeah. I mean, after tonight, I'm a little bit like, we haven't seen that version of Josh Hader where he's 93. We saw that in years past where he would go back-to-back days, multi-innings, you know, in the 6th, 7th, 8th inning, he would throw three innings and then come back for an inning the next day. We saw that where his velo would get kind of ticked down, and that's when he got hurt. If you remember, he would get hurt and give up the homer because that fastball doesn't have as much hop at the plate when it is in that 93-95 range. So that was a different version of Josh that I saw tonight. Not concerning, I'm sure, again, short in spring. And he mentioned last night the adrenaline that he was feeling by pitching in front of, a, in front of his home, you know, homegrown fans because he grew up 20 minutes from that ballpark. So um, look for him to bounce back. Probably going to be down at least a day i would almost you know again maybe two days just to get him fresh but these guys are going to take a little while to get ramped up and going to be able to go back to back brandon woodruff goes tomorrow in the home opener clearly he did not have fastball command in his last start and it it kind of starts and stops there with him that's going to be the thing i'm watching for is that what you're looking for tomorrow exactly right i said that on the on the postgame show tonight i said you know, look, he's really, really good when he's got both fastball four-seam and two-seam working and commanding both. And what people don't realize, it's hard to really tell what's going on on TV when you got that center field camera looking at that four-seamer with that hop. It also has a little bit of lateral movement, lateral tail to it. But then when he throws that two-seamer off that same spot, it's very, very difficult for hitters to discern what pitch is coming at such high velos. So he's got to be able to command both in order to neutralize both lefties and righties. And then, again, that sets up his off speed. That changeup's got to be there as well. So he's a pitcher first with power, power stuff. So, yeah, he's got to command it, and I think he will. He'll bounce back after that rough start against the Cubs. All right, Vinny, great stuff as always. Uh, We'll talk to you again real soon. For sure. Thanks, Matt. All right, there's Vinny Rotina, who, by the way, is now 2-0. As the BEI analyst, Brewers are perfect in games that uh, Vinny has worked with. Craig, Craig Sean has some work to do. Uh, 855-616-1620, that's the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 
Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 4-2 Brewers pick up the win over the Orioles pitching matchup tonight. Corbin Burns going for the crew. He's opposed by John Means for Baltimore. It would be the Brewers who would strike first. It happens in the top of the second inning with one out. Keston Hero walks, and then with two outs, Rowdy Telez at the plate. Here's a high drive, deep center field, racing back is Mullins. At the warning track, he looks up. It's going to be off the top of the wall. Pira's around third. He's going to score easily. Telez is going to put the brakes on at second base with an RBI double. And that would bring up Mike Brasso. 1-0 pitch. Brasso, a little liner back up the middle and into center field for a base hit. Telez is going to be held at third. Now he's going to go through the stop sign, and the throw home was cut off. So Telez will slide in safely, and the Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. Yeah, the big man, Rowdy Telez, running through the stop sign. you got to love it. It is a 2 nothing game, and it would stay 2 nothing for quite some time. Corbin Burns, he was just absolutely rolling, coming up with a ton of strikeouts. In the uh, fifth inning, he would give up a, a double to Rugnet Odor, and then he would end up striking out the side. Uh, he would come back out for the seventh inning as his uh, pitch count was continuing to move up. And also, all at the same time, Brewers hitters were going down as well. 14 straight at one point. Brewers hitters were retired before Keston Hirup would get a base hit in the top of the seventh before he would eventually be stranded. So in the bottom of the seventh, it is Corbin Burns coming back on. He would get the first out thanks to a Ramon Urias flyout. But then Rugned Odor is hit by a pitch. And again, that pitch count's going up. It's approaching 100. Up comes Austin Hayes. The right-hander comes set at the belt. Infield, a double play depth. The 0-1 pitch. Swung on line, right field, right at Renfro. Now he comes on in, makes the catch, throws back to first. In behind the runner, and he doubles off Odor. The inning is over with that. A seed of a throw from right from Hunter Renfro. Yeah, people should know. I, I know he was over in the American League, but people should know that uh, Hunter Renfro, he's kind of got an arm, and you don't want to test it because that's what happens. Brewers continue to lead by a 2-0 score as we move along to the 8th inning. In the bottom of the 8th, it is Devin Williams coming on. Now, remember yesterday, Williams loads the bases with no outs before getting uh, out of it without a run scoring, but a stressful day for him yesterday. He comes on, and the first batter he faces is Jorge Mateo. He gets a base hit, and then he issues a walk to Anthony Bimboom. So that puts runners on at 1st and 2nd. Ryan McKenna comes on as a pinch runner over at 1st. Next hitter, the always dangerous Cedric Mullins, but Mullins strikes out. At that point, you kind of feel like, okay, maybe this will be a version of what happened yesterday. Not so much. Next hitter, Ryan Mountcastle. Here's the 1-0. And it's a changeup lined in the center field for a base hit. Charging is Tyrone Taylor. Around third and scoring is Mateo. On his way to third is McKenna. It's a 2-1 ball game. And the Orioles have runners on the corners with one away. Anthony Santander was then hit by a pitch, so that puts runners on at first and second. That ends the day for Devin Williams. It brings on Brad Boxberger, and the first batter he faces is Trey Mancini. A one pitch. Breaking ball. Hit high in the air. Shallow left center. Racing in is Taylor. He'll make the catch. Tagging and trying to score. Here comes McKenna. The throw is late. 
McKenna able to beat it to the plate, and the Orioles have tied it at two. Brewers will appeal to third to see if he left early. He did not. That was, you could take the video of McKenna tagging from third and show it to kids because uh, that was as perfect of a job as he did. That was a shallow fly ball, and McKenna was gone at the exact moment that he was able to do so without leaving early. So he ties the game up. Uh, they still have runners on. The next hitter is Ramon Urias. The one-two pitch, swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball in 95, and the inning is over. So 2-2 as we head to the ninth inning. Former Brewer Jorge Lopez comes on to pitch for the Orioles. First battery faces Christian Yelich. He flies out. It brings up Hunter Renfro. Renfro, a line drive into right center field. That's going to get down. Two hops the glove of Santander in right field. It holds Renfro to a long single. Next hitter is Colton Wong. Here's the 1-1. Wong, line drive into right field. That could be extra bases. It's going to roll all the way into the corner for Colton Wong. Renfro's being waved around third by Jason Lane. Here comes the throw home, and Renfro's in there safely. Wong all the way into third, and the Brewers lead it 3-2. They take the lead once again. Tyrone Taylor would then strike out swinging, and it brings up Rowdy Tellez. 3-2 pitch. Lined into right center field. This is hit really well. Back to the wall, and that's going to one-hop the wall in right center. Wong scores easily. It's an RBI double for Telez, and there's that big insurance run the Brewers were looking for here in the ninth. Yeah, makes it 4-2. Jace Peterson then walks. That ends the day for Jorge Lopez. It brings on Paul Fry. First batter he faces is Victor Caratini. He walks. That loads the bases, but Andrew McCutcheon grounds into a fielder's choice, and it ends things in the top of the ninth. The Brewers getting two runs on three hits, but leaving them loaded. Bottom of the ninth inning, Josh Hader on, trying to get his second save in as many days in the ballpark that he went to as a kid growing up. First batter he faces is Kelvin Gutierrez. He walks, then Austin Hayes pops out. So one on, one out for Jorge Mateo. Haters 1-0. Lined and almost caught by Telez. It's off of his glove. He's going to have a play at second base. He'll throw there, and Adonis collects it to take care of Gutierrez. Telez was joking afterwards. He was looking into the dugout and put his hands up saying, if I had a little bit more of a vertical leap, I might be able to make that catch. But he makes a, a play, keeps the ball on the infield. The runner was stuck kind of in no man's land, and they get the out. That is the second out and brings up, representing the final hope for the Orioles, Robinson Chirinos. And Chirinos a drive out to left, but this is playable for Yelich. He moves to his left and makes the catch, and the game is over. Josh Hader works around a leadoff walk and puts up a zero here in the bottom of the ninth. And the Brewers win this one by a final score of 4-2. to two. With the win, the Brewers go to 3-3, three and three, while the Baltimore Orioles, they drop to 1-5. and five. Winning totals for the crew, four runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave six for Baltimore. Two runs, five hits, no errors. They leave seven. 
winning pitcher Brad Boxberger. He's 1-0. He also was charged with a blown save. The loss to Lopez, he's 0-1. Josh Hader picks up the save, his third save of the year. No home runs hit in this game. It lasts three hours and four minutes and is played in front of a crowd of 12,704 folks. Brewers pick up the win 4-2 in Baltimore. They take two of three in the series, and now they are set to come home for the home opener tomorrow as they welcome in the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll preview that series. We'll go around baseball with scores, and uh, we'll get you out of here for the night. That's all coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers pick up a 4-2 win over the Baltimore Orioles. They take two of three in the series, starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings. So the Brewers held their Brewers Eve bash this evening. Uh, it took place at uh, Left's Lucky Town. If you were listening to Wisconsin's Afternoon News, you heard uh, Greg Matzik broadcasting live out there. It was kind of a, a rally-style event that was going on, and hundreds of Brewers fans were there to celebrate the start of the season. This was pretty cool. As evening was starting to uh, wrap up, uh, Tim Dillard was there, and he got on the microphone, and he was up on top of the bar speaking uh, to the folks, and he announced that tonight's starting pitcher, Corbin Burns, was picking up the tab for everybody who was there uh, tonight at Left's Lucky Town. So that's a really cool thing. If you were thinking about going to that tonight, I know you're probably kicking yourself at this point that you did not go because you had had a free night. But, yeah, everybody who was at Left's Lucky Town tonight, um, they they got their tab taken care of, courtesy of uh, Corbin Burns. Burns, in a statement, said, quote, As a team, we want to give back and show our appreciation for the fans and our community. The past few years have been tough going a season without fans in the stands and the challenges from COVID. It's important to us as a team to show our fans how much we appreciate them. He doesn't mention it, but obviously uh, the work stoppage uh, during this past offseason as well. Baseball fans have been through a lot, so at least for the group of fans who are at Left's Lucky Town tonight, the uh, the reigning Cy Young Award, you can now tell people if you were there, you, can, you know what? Corbin Burns, Cy Young Award winner, he bought me a beer. Yeah. He bought me a beer the other day at, uh, at Left's Lucky Town. So, uh, good move by uh, Corbin Burns and good move by the Brewers to do that. That was a really, really cool thing that uh, that they did. A text message real quick. Uh, Mike in Colorado said, uh, from watching post-game highlights, it appears that Josh Hader has bulked up maybe 10 to 12 pounds. Uh, subsequently, it seems his velocity is up 97.99 compared to 96.98 last season. Yes or no? I haven't noticed him being bulked up, and, and nothing's really been written about that. I'll have to... I don't, I don't notice things. Just like, ask my wife. She'll, uh, she'll have a haircut or she'll, uh, she'll move something around in the house, and I'll have no clue. I don't notice stuff like that. It's just be, it goes beyond me. But uh, as far as his actual velocity goes, up until tonight, his velo was down tonight, but that's totally connected to him pitching in back-to-back games. His velo has been up so far this year. He has thrown some of the hardest pitches in his career so far this season. Now, it's also very early on in the year. Let's see if that keeps, you know, it's it's a common thing for pitchers to throw some of their hardest pitches of the year in the first couple weeks of the season, especially from a relief pitcher standpoint. So uh, we'll have to watch and see whether or not uh, that does keep up moving forward. But yeah, the, the velocity has been uh, definitely up a tick for haters so far this year. Let's go around the National League Central. Here's what took place. The Brewers' next opponent, the Cardinals, they didn't play today. Their game against the Kansas City Royals, it was postponed 
due to bad weather, and it is going to be made up coming up on uh, Monday, May 2nd. A little tougher this year to make up um, games uh, as with that first week of the season that was missed due to uh, the lockout, some games have already been rescheduled. So a little bit more challenging, but now the Cardinals come into uh, Milwaukee to help the Brewers open up the home portion of their schedule. Pirates knock off the Cubs by a 6-2 score. Pirates go to 2-3 and while the Cubs drop to 3-2 and and the Reds they fall short against uh, Cleveland by a 7-3 score. Around the Brewers minor league system, Low A Carolina they get a win at Fredericksburg by a 13-6 score. Wisconsin and Beloit they were postponed this evening. Double A Biloxi they went at home over Mississippi 3-2. Biloxi is now a perfect 5-0 and to start the season and Nashville they win at Gwinnett by a 7-3 score. David Dahl hitting his first home run as a member of the Nashville Sounds. Brewers all set to open up the home portion of their schedule coming up tomorrow. A 4-14 first pitch as Brandon Woodruff will be on the mound. 0-1, 17.18 ERA after his first start. Adam Wainwright is going to get the start for St. Louis. Once again, 4-14 start uh, tomorrow, so that means coverage will begin at 3:45. We'll talk to you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.